Hello and welcome to another episode of Flying High with Flutter. I'm your host, Alan Wyma, and today we have a returning guest. Uh, I think you are our first returning guest, but maybe I'm wrong. I'm oh, sorry, sorry, you're actually the second returning guest, but I think you were a very, very first guest. And this is uh, Alejandro Duzentos, I believe. And he yeah. came on last time to give quite a few tips. So yeah, I know you gave me the tip of using uh, the native platform when I develop my mobile apps. So that's what I actually do nowadays is I try to stick with uh, Mac, make myself a Mac app, and then just export the, uh, the design on um, mobile. So that's been a good, nice, good help. Uh, anyways, uh, how have you been since the last time we caught up? Well, um, I'm alive. That's that's the most important thing. I'm just trying to, to lean as much as I can and trying to, to be a better developer and trying to, to make a good career and, as always, trying to help people make the world better, a better place for us. <laughs> well, I think you've been doing that by making the world a more beautiful place, creating your nice-looking apps. And I'm happy to see that you keep going, right? So the original reason I brought you on before, which we didn't get a chance to get into, which was the apps you created in your, you have a repo. Uh, I'll go ahead and put this into the notes, but you have a repo called My Flutter Challenges. And in there you have some very beautiful, interesting apps, I think. Um, which was like the first one you actually started to work on actually? Um, the first one is the, the last one on the list. It's the Infinite Scroll. This was the, the one that I made to explain to people how to make an Infinite Scroll uh, list view that we can lazy load, lazy load some data uh, from a, a REST API. And it was, a, it was quite a challenge for me because um, I was starting as a Flutter developer at that time. So I made this uh, uh, a project for my Flutter challenge. And yeah, that was the first one. Not so challenge right now uh, in relation to the, the newest ones. But yeah, for every everyone started, uh, I think it's a, a good good project to a good challenge to try. Then we have the second one. Ah, this one was really challenge for me. Actually, I want to go back to the infinite scroll, right? So what was the challenge in that? What was actually the challenge in the infinite scroll? Well, it is more about the, the, the logic behind how to make a list view grow dynamically uh in connection with data coming from an api we are we are uh, we use the list view to build uh, a list with data that we already have in the memory of our our devices it's the most use case for the list view into applications made with with flutter if you're not talking about internet connections internet communication and a lot of people starting uh, were not uh, were not uh, inside the knowledge of how to create uh, a list view that you can 
update the data at the bottom of the list view uh, dynamically. So when the user reach the bottom, you will fetch more data and insert uh, at the bottom of the list view. How to integrate the circular progress integrated uh, uh, at the bottom and how you could uh, intercept, how you could uh, know when the list view actually reached the bottom of it. That's something that not everyone knows. It's not too, too complicated, but uh, it's something that it's awesome to, to understand how to use a list view, uh, a scroll controller, and listen to the scroll position so you can uh, be notified when you reach the, the bottom of your, your list view and how you can integrate a, a progress indicator at the end of your script, of your list list view so you can uh, give a feedback to the end user that you're doing something and if he waits for that process at the end he may get some new data from uh, rest api for example so how do you actually do this then right so you said you had to create something called a scroll listener is that right Okay, let me just jump into the code. It's a simple code. Uh, basically, what we have is a scroll controller. A scroll controller basically is a, a class that uh, can uh, that can uh, file an event when you're you're making when you're dealing with a scroll component, a scroll component like a, a grid view or a, a list view, page view, components that you can scroll. With this, this class, you can basically uh, attach uh, an instance of the scroll control, control to the widget, so you can get updates about the position, the actual position of the, 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 the scroll into the, the component, and you can make uh, uh, you can take decisions uh, with that information you can extract from from the scroll controller as you can see here i have a scroll controller that i instantiate when the the state of the the page is initial is started so once the page state is, is started i then instantiate the scroll controller that is attached to the list view. As you can see here, we have a controller with a scroll controller attached. Uh, and basically what it does is to take information from our list view and pass to the scroll controller so the scroll controller can make some computations and return the result of that computation to us. And we can use those results to, to take some some decisions like uh, what we can what we are going to do when we reach the end of our list view and for my case what i want was to to fetch more data and populate that data into list view when i reach the the end 
of the list view, something that I'm doing, let me see where I'm doing it here, basically. I have a method called scroll listener, avoid method that does not return anything. And I am attaching this method to uh, to the score controller using the add listener uh, method. So it will file this method every time the scroll controller is, the list view that we have the scroll controller attached is actually scrolled. And inside of the, the scroll listener, we can then uh, make some, some, take some actions like this one I'm taking here. What I'm doing is basically uh, verify uh, if the scroll offset is greater than or equal to the scroll position max scroll extent. Uh, the max scroll extent basically is the, the max eight that the, the list view can have. If we won't uh, show our list view without have to scroll how much of space it would uh, need. That's the value that we can get from the position dot max scroll extent. And using it, we can analyze if the offset that is the current position of the scroll controller is greater or equal to the max scroll extent. If it is true, that means we reach at the end of the scroll view because uh, if our current position is equal to the, the max scroll extent, that means we can't scroll anymore because there's nothing else to show. That means we reach at the end of the bottom. So what we do next is to call uh, this this line that increments the, the current page we are uh, right now or the current page we are going to fetch. And then we call the fetch method that is, is responsible to fetch data from the, the REST API using uh, an HTTP request. And we are just passing here the, the page that we just increment here and the, the limit the limit is basically the quantity of of items we are going to fetch from the api and once the risk the, the request is is done, we got some no data from the api we just take this data and insert into our post uh, list the post lists is the post uh, is the list that we are going that we are using to fill our, our list view with data. As you can see here, we have uh, a post equal to post index, the index of the, the item builder that uh, lets us uh, run each item on the list and return the, the item that we uh, need to show on the view on the UI right now into the list view, basically. And that's it. Something extra that we need to, to take in, into account is that if you pay attention to, to the, the animation, let me just show here a bit. 
when we reach the bottom, we have a progress indicator that just disappear when the new da data is populated. How we can do that? We can just make something a bit clever. Uh, we know that our list have uh, eight, eight elements that came from the API, but we need to show an extra element when we reach the end of the list view. So what we can do is instead of pass the post length only to the items count, we will add an extra element. So when we go to the end, of the list view, we will have a space for an extra element, and then we can check into our item builder if uh, uh, the current element is the last element. And if this is the case, we are going to show this extra element here. That is basically a circular progress indicator. And yeah, that's it. We have our infinite scroll working. What about if there's no more data left? I don't think you actually handled that case, do you? Uh, more data left. Let me see. Um, no, I don't. No, 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 no. I didn't handle this case. If you were to handle this case, how do you think would be a good way to handle this? Well, um, it is easy. You need some way to know how much data you you have uh, into into the REST API, into the source of, of your data. And basically, you would make uh, a calculation verifying that length of data that you already fetched from the API is equal to the total of data into the API, remaining on the API. So if if the, the length of data is equal, you know that you have nothing to fetch. There's nothing remaining. So you don't need to, to show this progress bar anymore. You just can stop showing it based on, on the total of, of data you 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 have to fetch from the API or something like that. Okay. Okay, and that's the infinite scroll challenge. For this challenge, did you, did you did you just challenge yourself, or was somebody challenge you when you made this challenge? Uh, actually, I was I was writing a, a medium post explaining how to do uh, pagination with Flutter, and since I it was a challenge, was a challenge for me. I decided to, to create this repo and put the, the code in this repo. It was a, a myself trying to, to do something new. Okay, this is pretty cool. I could see how this would be something that people really want to know because we always get this kind of thing. You can't show, you can't pull in the API of like 10,000 records, right? You have to paginate those in slowly. So yeah. that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, how about the next one? So then you're actually going in order, right? So the next one after this one would have been your canvas clock. Well, this was my first interaction with, with a canvas into Flutter. Uh, 
there were a lot of brand new things for me when I for this challenge and, and it was based on a drivable UI I will show here this is the original clock uh, it's a simple clock but it's you need to have the knowledge to to create all the shapes and make it work actually work in relation to the current time of your of your host device so i decided to try it and i created this project that is the the canvas clock it's a simple project that basically uses the canvas api uh, of the flutter to to recreate this UI, but uh, uh, a working UI, not just a static clock. It, it is actually working. It works for desktop, it works for mobile, and it detects the, if you're using portrait or landscape, so it adjusts itself to the, to the size of the screen. And it consists of, of some, some paints when we are working with with a, with canvas in flutter uh, most of the things inside the canvas are paints that we actually draw because the canvas is like uh, is like a, a board a blackboard or a, a whiteboard where we can actually uh, paint whatever we want and with the help of the the flutter we already have some kinds of, of paint that we can do, geometric paints that we can do without, uh, without be ourselves designing or have a need to, to know how to make those, those geometric shapes work. I'm talking about uh, shapes like circles, echoes, uh, lines, uh, rectangles, things, things like that. And what I did here was basically, if you see this image, uh, was to this to the design a an echo, the outer echo, this white here, and inside this this white echo, I designed, uh, I painted. Uh, a black cycle, this one, and then into the middle, I will try to zoom it so you can see it better. On the middle of the image, if you take a closer look, we have an outer echo here, erc, and we have an inner cycle, this red, red one here. So we basically have uh, four circular shapes and we have three lines this line here the red line the seconds pointer this line uh, the the hour pointer and this line the the minutes uh, pointer and the challenge was just to to recreate everything with the canvas and then make it work so this is what i made into this challenge. I will show you a bit of code. 
And the first thing that came out into my my brain when I started this project was to try. Uh, sorry, do you do you do you mind, Alejandro? I think I want to actually make this very simple, right? Um, because I always hear that you can use Canvas, right? But I've never actually looked at it before. I have a couple of questions, right? So my first question is, if I do want to get into creating some custom, uh, custom work like you did for this clock, how would I best want to learn something like this? Did you just pick this up by just by reading the docs uh, on Flutter.dev and then really understanding it from? there or how do you actually get into understanding how canvas works within flutter um we have this is something that at the time i made this 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 tutorial we actually didn't have too much uh, tutorials about how to deal with the canvas api and what i did was to to go into some package that that i used like uh, a, a package from the I I don't remember the name of this GDA flat G uh, is Alexander Valesque or something like that. It's a an amazing developer expert for Flutter that makes a lot of amazing UIs. Uh, I think he's from. Argentina, I don't know. <laughs> and then he have a package that uh, basically recreates the, the circular progress indicator with the canvas, and we can actually customize it most, it is more customizable uh, than the progress uh, bar that came with Flutter. And what I did to start understanding how the canvas work, worked was to read the code from that package that he made and try to figure out what was he doing because to recreate the progress indicator you basically need to to create a an arc because the progress indicator is basically a circular line and we need to animate it and how he made it he basically used a paint created a paint and used uh, a method from the canvas that this guy drew egg that uh, lets us create a, a circular line and he was animating something simple. And this was the first step. I, I look at to, into his code and understand, understood how he made it and then I decide to to try the rest of the methods that the canvas uh, gave to me not looking into his his code anymore but trying to 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 test the rest of the methods that the canvas provide to me because he was using the egg but we have a not a lot of other methods like uh, draw line do cycle do rectangle and what i did was just to to look into those methods and read what they need to create that shape for example uh, for us to create a rectangle we need to give uh, a width an eight 
and the offset where we want to start the where we want to position that rectangle into the canvas to to create a cycle for example we need to to give the offset of the position we want to to put the the cycle and then we need to provide the the radio that is the the length from the center of the cycle to the edge of the the cycle and then the canvas would create a, a cycle for us and i was trying everything why everything was starting make making sense for me and then i just try to combine everything i learned and build this this clock uh, animation i don't know if it was clear Yeah, definitely clear. I was trying to find some more information and in, about uh, what you were looking at before, but I couldn't see much. So I have to, maybe I'll take a look more later on. Okay, that's pretty cool because I always heard about using the canvas, but I really have no idea how to do that. So it's good that I can basically steal from yours. So it looks like you have a custom painter, right? Maybe we can start to walk through how yeah. your clock works. I think if you if you try to to see my tutorial building this this clock you will get some idea of of how to use the canvas and you can then start by yourself exploring it um, yeah okay i think we can go to the next one or do you have some other questions about this project I think I just want to walk through it, right? So definitely uh, in the show notes, we're going to have a link to all of your projects. And so I think this clock one, at least to me, is the most interesting. Um, I do remember degree to radiance stuff. Wow, you kind of bring me back to math class from high school, <laughs> <laughs> geometry class, right? So I do remember you had to do these kind of things. So that's that was fun. Was it something you just looked up in order to, to do the clock, right? You had to look up probably something ger very generic because I think this clock problem is probably quite old, right? Yeah, and uh, uh, something that I did was to to uh, refresh my knowledge about geometry because it was hard for me to remember everything as you. <laughs> so I I I uh, was taking a a, a course uh into Khan academy about ge geometry where i get a fresh knowledge about how to to deal with radiance with with degrees with uh, the knowledge to to design a, a cycle what is a diameter what is a radio uh pi things things like that it was uh Thanks to Ken Academy that I got the, the knowledge back. It oh, really? Was... A Khan Academy yeah. saved you in this one then. That's, yeah. that's, that's good. That's what it's made for, you know, right? It's made the yes. people to learn. <laughs> and actually, I still, I still uh, learning math with Khan Academy because uh, a lot of things that I learned at the school, I don't remember, I don't remember anymore or I didn't learn in the right way. So Khan 
Khan Academy is basically helping me uh, fixing the gaps, the math gaps that I, uh, I have right now. Yeah, I think the math class, right, they teach you all these things. And when you learn it, you're like, why do I ever need that? Who cares about calculating degrees to radians and radians to degrees as an example, right? And then now you're like, oh, I wish I paid attention. Yeah, it's, a, it's an important knowledge if you, if you is the kind of, of developer that uh, loves to build custom components. You're not going to build advanced custom components if you don't know math it's it's impossible because some components sorry some advanced components like shards you can't do it without uh, a good base in math for example you can't just draw lines uh, without know how to to draw in the right way because every line showed uh, reflect um a mathematical uh, formula or requirement and without this knowledge you just can't do it most of of the the components that we use into our uis relies on, on math this clock relies on math and we have another challenge that relies on math that without the knowledge about uh, geometry i wouldn't be able to to do and I'm not a math expert. I have some ideas that I can do because I don't have the right math knowledge. That's why I am uh, learning math again into on the the Khan Academy because I I want to to become a, a great developer and overcome the limitations that my uh, current knowledge of math is putting into into what I want to achieve. That's good to hear. Let me just ask you one more question about this topic. Do you feel you learn more now than you did before? Like meaning like you're studying more than what you used to do? Yeah, sure, sure. Each day, each day of my life, I feel like uh, my speed of learning is drastically increasing. And the, the, the amount of content to learn that uh, is available for me don't stop uh growing and this this is good and this have its uh uh how can i say downside because when you have a lot of information a lot of a lot of awesome information to into your uh, availability you need to choose the right ones because you can't learn everything you need to 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 choose the the right ones and the the big downside is that all of them are great and it's hard to select the right ones and another another thing that uh, that i don't know and not all decisions may be good to you like sometimes i i decide to lean something and then I realized that, well, this is not what I really want, but I already invested time on that. And I will stop uh, going from that way and take a, a new path. And it basically makes you feel like you wasted time 
on that path because uh, you reach the limit where you don't want to to keep and you wasn't able to to see that before you walk into that path this this is, is something that sometimes happened to me but with time you 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 got so we lost some of your recording but i think we're getting the point is that uh in the middle of what you're saying was that um you're studying a lot more now and and getting a lot more things you know you're progressing as a learner right and it's really helping your career and yes 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 when when we want to uh, one more thing is your microphone against your shirt if we want to 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 get independent and to to do great things we need to to have the right knowledge to to achieve our objectives and that's what i'm trying to do i want to reach a level when i can uh, build great things uh, i'm talking about user interface component uh, custom components advanced custom components that require a lot of math and i will not be able to to achieve this without learn a lot of math and uh, yeah that's it it's okay. We'll see what happens when we finally get the final recording, right? So we'll figure out what to do. Um, okay. So I think your next challenge, which was definitely the one that I thought was probably your most attractive experience. one, is the Facebook desktop experience. Um, yeah, the Facebook. The Facebook uh, was was my first uh, desktop application. My first try of a desktop, a flat desktop application. Uh, and it was, I made it when the Flutter, Flutter Africa, the Flutter Desktop Africa Challenge was raising up here. And So it looks like we had the same issue again. Your computer. As I said, it was my first uh, Flutter desktop application. It was my first try uh, at the time that I built the, the Facebook desktop. The Flutter desktop was in alpha for, for Mac OS only. It was not available for Linux and, and Windows yet. Uh, as it is right now and basically what i did was to to use a user uh, an interface uh, based on on an interface on drivable i don't have the link here but i will find out and leave in the chat that is similar to what we have here i don't know if it it will be better to to show the application running let me try to to compile it as you're as you're trying to compile i mean i think you could probably walk through like the uh you have a gif i think or a gif that kind of shows how to use it yeah what is what is what is what is
it's not a, a clear picture. Uh, let me just... No, but definitely still attractive nonetheless. So this actually does not use the Facebook API, right? No, no, no. It is all static. It's all static. So this is what you think would be a better looking Facebook uh, app or what you envision Facebook would create for a desktop experience? Well, um, I like to, to use clean applications and the Facebook have a lot of information into a small space. So this, this quantity of information make our experience a bit annoying. And what I tried to, to do was to, to give what people must use and leaving some room from, for space. Something that Facebook don't, don't do because they try to, to put as much information as possible into the space we have. And let me just start the, the project. Okay, it will run soon. And yeah, this, this is basically what I, I try to do. But as I said in, in the last podcast, it is a beautiful user interface because we have room to breathe. But if this interface uh, were implemented by Facebook, uh, the users uh, won't easily notice that we have a lot of issues inside of it because not every time we have something beautiful, it, uh, it means that it is accessible or functional as the user may expect. Let me see. But something I can agree is that it is a bit, a bit beautiful. It has some animations that I will show right now. Um, let me just wait. What is? Uh, and there it is, the Facebook application. Um, yeah, I'm having some some issues here with the caption bar. Okay. Yeah, but. This is the application. We have here the, the user interface. We have on the left the, the options bar, the notifications, mess, message icons. And we have at the top the menu bar where we, we would navigate into the different um, menus options of the, the application. It, it is statically. It's not, not working. Actually, it's just to give an idea of what it would be if it were working. And we have an animation here when we click an, an option. If you pay attention, at the bottom of the, the icon, we have a border that grows from the center and it gives a, a good experience, a good animation experience, feels, feels fresh. And How did that's you actually the kind do of, that? 
how did you do that kind of animation? Uh, it is quite quite simple. You just need to be clever enough to to use the right the right wigs to achieve this animation. What we have here is basically a, a container. We have a container with uh, with a half of something like uh, eight pixels of eight, and uh, what we did was to we have a stack. This whole component is a stack, and we have into the stack a center widget with the icon into the center because of the center widget and at the bottom of the stack we have this container this blue container that that also use a, a drop shadow a box shadow if you take a closer look you will see that we have a blue a blue blue shadow over the around the, the container with a blue background and what we did was to to cut in half this container all this component is is cutting the the container in half and we also are using a center to position the 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 container into the middle and what I do to animate it is just to animate the width to the total of space that we have into the parent widget, basically. Uh, I'm just animating the width. Since we have a center widget that aligns the, the container into the center, it, it starts animating the width from the center. And that's what gives us these this beautiful animations of something uh, being born from the center and growing to the, the edges of the components. That's pretty cool. How, how about the story section, right? Is that also a stack, I'm guessing? Yes, it, it is also a stack. Uh, we have a full a full component here that is the the story component from here all this space is being consumed from the the stories component and what i did was to use a stack for each card of the story and uh, i i use a, a, a fixed height for each card this card containing this image and align it to the bottom so that it leaves some space so i could uh, put this the profile image above the card and give this this awesome experience this feel of something different into into our interface we also have a, a box shadow so we can feel like we have a a, a a real a real component above the card something that the light is come is coming and and touching the the above component and generating a shadow above the the card it it gives a, a good feel when we are looking it's it looks more realistic and i also Use a, a gradient 
here, a gradient here that starts from transparent, from the top transparent to black at the bottom. So I called uh, write a text, in this case, the, the name of the owner of the profile. And it was, it, the idea was to, to contrast, contrast the, the, the color of the text with the, the image in the background. Because if, uh, if we, for some reason, get some white, uh, some white background from the image behind with this white uh, text, it would be hard to, to read because of the contrast. But with a black, black uh, gradient at the bottom, it is more readable for us and this gradient is present in all images so we can uh, be sure that the text will always be readable regardless of the image behind of it actually i'm seeing that i made here uh, an update it is not coming from the top to the bottom it is just using this space here I think it's it's better like this, and yeah, that's the the story component. Yeah, that's pretty cool. How about the last chat? So uh, maybe for some people who, who who couldn't see, you know, if you're just listening to the audio podcast, I'm sorry we're not being a little bit more vocal about kind of what's going on. So he has the story section, which is kind of cool. And so there's these cards that look like little, almost like playing cards, but a little bit shorter and they're clipped on the sides, a little bit rounded. Yeah. And uh, you put like a profile picture on top. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's hard to, to describe, but it's definitely something that's really attractive. And I would love to put something like this into some other apps that I'm going to be making. Uh, now, what we're talking about right now is this last chat section, which is on your far right side. And it looks like it's a vertical list of cards and those are also like they look they're rounded on the corners so is that like a list tile that you created um i don't remember but uh, i don't think it is a list view actually i don't remember if it is a column or, or a list view but no it is a, a list view with a custom component it is not a list tile it is a, a custom component because with a list style, I, I would, uh, how can I say? List style have some predefined styles that you, you, that is, is hard to override. Like the padding inside the, the list style, uh, the, the component you can put at the leading, the size of the component. Uh, the component you can put at the the trailing, it, it uh, would be a little bit hard to customize the list style, uh, like I did um, here on each of these cards. So what I did was to actually create a container, a container with uh, two rows, the first row here, the second row here. The first row is the header of the the card containing the inform the profile information of the people of the the person that sent the message and the second row is the row that contains the 
a resume of the message sent by the, the person. And we here have uh, an icon just to, to give uh, clear feedback to the user that this component is a message component. And if he clicks into this component, he's going to see the chat. The same that I did here at the Your Friends. We have here the, the message icon so that if the user take a look to it, he already know that if he clicks into this component, he's going to chat with with the this person. And yeah, it has a simple animation. When you hover the, the component, it just animate to the left. And when you get out it get back to the to the right and that's it. That's pretty cool. I quite like this. I might have to, to like I said, steal some of the, uh, the things you did in here because it's really, really attractive. Yeah. We have an error here because uh, I think I did not activate the, the text overflow ellipse. And the text is, is using more space than the card has. That's why we have this, this error here. If I resize the window, I think the error is going to disappear. Let me try. Oh, sorry, the cards, oh, the cards are not responsive. <laughs> they have a fixed size. So I, I can't change the size of, of each one to, to get rid of this. This error, but basically I just need to to enable the text overflow to ellipses, so it it will add those three dots when the text uh, uh, overflows the the space of the card. Okay, all good. So this is pretty cool. Um, is there anything else special you want to show in here, or I think maybe we might have time for just one more, which I think. Uh, your Twitter desktop is also pretty cool, but I think after looking at Facebook, they're pretty similar. The media player is something I'd also want to take a look at, but maybe another time. But I think the MacBook keyboard is something that's that's like your latest challenge. And I think that to me is probably the most difficult for me to understand how the whole thing works. Uh, it, it was not, uh, not hard to make, actually. I can tell you that it was not too hard to make. I did it in, let me see, uh, two hours, something like that. It was easy for me to, to make the, the MacBook keyboard, actually. I will try to, to run it here. And I will explain what I did to make, uh, to make the, the MacBook keyboard. It's about experience. What makes it it's good to see is that it looks a bit realistic. And it has a, it, it is closer to the real MacBook keyboard. The size of each key, the distribution of, of each key, the colors, uh, the shadows, all those things contribute to, to give that experience, that feeling of of a realistic, a real MacBook keyboard. It's about details. It is, it is running. 
I think my camera is working right now. Let me try. I can I can definitely see you. Uh, let me see. And here we have the the MacBook. And what I did, how I made this this challenge, I was uh, walking into LinkedIn, seeing posts, posts, and then I I saw a girl that did this challenge with HTML and CSS, but uh, had uh design was not uh, was not so symmetric there were some some things that uh were giving uh unrealistic feel of the keyboard that i i i felt that i could do better so i tried to make the same with with that but the first thing that was hard for me was to was where to start because the keyboard she made uh, was not based on a real keyboard. She just tried it from her mind. And what I tried to do was to actually use a real keyboard and bring it uh, with Flutter. So the first step I did was to actually go to Google and search for MacBook keyboard. So I searched for MacBook keyboard. I think I, I think I will find the the MacBook keyboard I use it to to build this one. Let me see. I think that's the the keyboard. I don't know. Let me see. Let me see. Yeah, something like that, something like that. This keyboard here. And I just took a, a closer look to the to the image and try to, to replicate it with, with flat and take a closer look to the details, how they distributed the, each each key and what, uh, what were the difference of each row of keys uh, and try to to find a pattern for for the keys, something that I actually find out looking to to a real MacBook. The first thing I released was that the, the first row was a bit smaller in terms of height, and then the rest of the the rows. If you look, the first row is using less space than the rest of the rows. I'm talking about the, the height. And the rest of the rows are using uh, the rest of the rows are, are using the same height. The only row that has a, a smaller height is the first one. So I started from here creating the first row. Uh, no, that's, that was not the, the first step. Actually, the first step was to build the, this, this background here, where I 
use a container with a border radius this one and then I split this container into two rows the keyboard wall row the top one and the trackpad row the bottom one then I designed the trackpad the trackpad uh, into the trackpad we have just a, a container with a border of a border with a brown color nothing nothing special it's just a border with a brown color that uh, makes this feel feels like a real trackpad because the border looks like a, a shadow the light is is not uh, going over this elevation and this creates like a depth into into the trackpad we feel like it is uh, above this part of the the bottom of the macbook and then what i tried to do was to re recreate the a more depth uh, a more profound uh, layer here at the keyboard because the the macbook keyboard have a uh, how can i say uh, a depth or a, it's a bit deep uh, in relation to the to this layer it has a i don't know how to explain but basically we have this space that when we got some light we have a bit of shadow this shadow is just to give uh, to to the people that will see the macbook keyboard that this thing is a bit deep in, in relation to to the full macbook light and to create this i actually use a negative shadow when we are working with shadows uh, normally commonly the people just use positive numbers and the positive numbers are for outer shadows but i i made a research that i find out that flatter also accept a negative value for shadows so it will produce a inner shadow instead of a outer and outer shadow uh, so what we have here is a, a inner shadow a shadow to inside and inside of this container we have a, a padding that separates the keyboards each key from the margins of, of the this container and leave space for for the shadow and then what i did was to to try to to find out on the macbook image a pattern and the pattern that i found was that we have one two three four five six rows there are six rows and the first row is the row that have less eight the rest of row of rows have the same height and then i realized that to distribute each of the keyboards uh, on this container i would need some component that would represent each row and that's what i did i created a keyboard row component that is wrapping each row of keyboards inside our our macbook keyboard and this component actually have a single property 
that is the eight of of each row. Uh, each row have uh, a fixed height. No, just the first one. The first one have a fixed height, and then I just created six rows: the first one, the second one, and each of of the rows. Then I realized that we here have different kinds of keys. Not all keys are equals. The first keys only have one one symbol. For example, we have the if one, if two, if three. We don't have uh, this symbol here and this number. We just have labels and nothing more. This is a kind of of keyboard and then i realized that we have other kinds of uh, not another kind of keyboard but it's the same keyboard but with the label aligned to the left and we also have some keys that have the label aligned to the right so this kind of information give gives us a knowledge of how the keyboard component of the keyboard, the key component should work. I already know that the keyboard, of the key component uh, needs to, to accept a label. It needs to accept a background, this, this black background. It needs to accept an alight, alignment argument so we can uh, decide where we are going to align the label. Uh, for this case, I set the alignment to the center left, so we have the label ESC to the left. And this is the most basically keyboard, uh, this is the most basically key component that, that we have. And then we have some other types of, of keys, uh, like this one. This is a, a MacBook key, a single MacBook key. And then we have the multi-shard MacBook key that are the kind of MacBook keys that have more than one, one light label. It has a label and a, a symbol. And this is the, the, the other kind of, of key that we have that lets us uh, define uh, a label. This is the label, the four is the label and the symbol. Okay, and the dollar sign and for this I just uh, use the same key component for the second row and then I use it the same key component that I'm using here on the on the on the this row but with an alignment to bottom left on the label so I'm, I am cleverly reusing the components to recreate all the keys into, into the, the MacBook. Another kind of key that I find out was the special keyboards. The special keyboards is the kind of keyboard that uh, uh, accepts a symbol and accepts uh, a label but uh, uh, they they actually don't share the same space as the keyboards as the keys on the the first and the second the third and the fourth 
uh, rows are sharing. I will show you from the code. Let me just open here the, the code so you can see how actually I splitted every keyboard into components. We have the, the, main, the main widget that is the, the MacBook that represents everything on the, on the MacBook. All you are seeing here is the MacBook itself. It is a widget that represents the MacBook. And then, uh, let me take the code. And then inside the MacBook, we have an animated container. This animated container is responsible from animating the, the color of the MacBook when we select uh, a color here. You can find the color scheme on the code. This is the color, the MacBook color scheme. It's a custom class that receives a name, a primary color, and the trackpad border color. Those are the colors that change when we when we click on the on a different color on the right the right panel and then inside the animated container we have a, a, a box shadow an outer box shadow that is the shadow outside the um yeah I was talking about the, the shadow and then I'm going to, to show the trackpad. What we have, as I said, is basically a column where we have uh, as the first child the MacBook keyboard that is actually this keyboard you're seeing here and then below we have the trackpad that is inside the center, a center widget, so we can have the trackpad aligned to the center of the the second row. It's something a bit a bit simple to read because uh, the code is is explaining itself how it is working. We have a color scheme to the trackpad, and we have a color scheme to the MacBook keyboard. And then we can jump into the MacBook keyboard where we will find. Uh, it's like you're not sharing your you're not sharing your screen at the moment, though. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. That's okay. okay. Sorry. Um, yeah, I will show again. I was showing how we have the the how we distributed the the MacBook keyboard and the trackpad. As we can see, we have a column and this column has two childs. The first child is the MacBook keyboard that actually is showing the, the MacBook keyboard, this one. All these, all things we are seeing on the, the first row is actually the keyboard itself. And then we have the we have the let me see the trackpad that is aligned to the center. We are using a center widget to align the trackpad to the center, so we can get the trackpad into on the center of the the second row uh, as the real MacBook 
actually is and going inside the MacBook keyboard what we have is an animated container that receives receives uh, a color this is the color of the the keyboard the background of the keyboard not the key itself but the keyboard this color uh, here on the background it has the same color of of the the MacBook widget itself, and here are negative speed radius. This negative speed radius it is what actually makes our 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 box shadow uh, goes inside instead of outside. Is what give us this this feeling of uh, an inner shadow. That's why I am using a, a negative value to the speed radius uh, to looks like it is more deep than the rest of the MacBook. And then I have a column. This is actually the column that uh, receives each key, each key's rows. Uh, we have uh, the fist rows of keys this is the the first this one this row of keys keys rows and what we have is a list of keys of different kinds the first one is the single shark key the single shark key as i said before is the 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 kind of key that just have uh, a label and nothing else it just a label and it does does not have a, a symbol as you can see this is the first key the ask key it is using an expand because the size of the S key is different from the rest of the keys uh, on the right and the last key, this is the key that actually turns on and shuts down the computer. Uh, and it has also a different size. So what I realized was that this key was the, those keys, the ask and the shut down and turn on keys, were the only keys that have uh, custom sizes. The rest of the keys have the same size. So what I did was to to use a fixed size to the ask. Let me confirm that. Uh, yes, I have a fixed size to the single shard. And uh, let me see, expanded. No, actually it is using an expanded. So it will share the same size. I don't remember anymore why I'm using an expanded let me see if I can remember because I want them all to share the same size uh, that means that the only the only button the only key that is using a different size is the shoot down key let's find out if this is real and yeah there is the MacBook key is not using an expanded so the rest of the keys are using are sharing the same size but the macbook key this is the the key that turns on and shut down the computer is not using an expanded uh, for the 
f1, f2, and the rest of of functions keys, I am using a for loop so that I don't need to to repeat the same kind of keys uh, again and again. I think we call resume the code running just a, a for loop because this is the part the pattern that all these these keys have. They share the same the same. Uh, specifications. The only thing that changed is the the last number of the label. So I decided to use a, a for loop for it, and then we have the second row. The second row that actually use a different kind of keys. We we will see it. We have a we are using a single shell key here, a MacBook key. This is the most basic. Uh, kind of key that we have, the MacBook key, uh, a single shard key that receives a label, and we have a second type of keys, the multi shard key. The multi shard key is the kind of key that uh, lets us use uh, two labels, the lower shard and the upper shard. The lower shard is the, the shard that we can see below, like the number, this symbol. All the shards below are the, the, the lower shards, and the upper shards are actually the shards that we can see up, like the exclamation symbol, this symbol, and the hash symbol, and all those symbols, as we can see here too. And we have also used the single shard key here where we only have the label and nothing else uh, those ones are using a multi-shard tool and uh, this is using a single shard with alignment to the bottom uh, right the same here uh, here at the arrow bottoms we are actually using the the single shard key with uh, actually we did something different here we are using a row and inside the row, we have another row. This row is divided by three spaces. One for this, for this bottom. We have a column into, in the middle that we also split it into two rows for the upper bottom and the, the bottom, the, the bottom bottom. And we have also the, the, the right key that is basically replicating the arrows keys from the, the MacBook keyboard itself. And this is basically what I did. I just tried to, to reuse the keys uh, using uh, a composition, uh, uh, composition, how can I say? I'm not using inheritance to recreate the different kinds of, of keys. I'm using actually composition where I have the most basically uh, kind of keys that is actually the MacBook key, uh, a simple MacBook key that accepts any, any kind of child. And then I have other kind of, kinds of keys that uses the MacBook key, like the single shard key that actually uh, the only difference is that it passes a text 
inside the, the MacBook key that we save a child. We also have the multi-shot key that actually passes, uh, gives a column of two texts inside the MacBook key. And we also have um, a special, a special kind of, uh, of key. I don't remember anymore why I, I created a special kind of key. Uh, it's Looks like, again, you're having an issue with the recording. You can just quickly refresh. And yeah, the special key is actually the keys, all, this, all those keys um, that, the special keys of the keyboard. Uh, I'm talking about the control key, the option key, and the command key. I think for some reason they, I am treating them as, as special keys. I don't remember the reason, but there may be a reason for for this other kind of, of MacBook keyboard. And yeah, that's basically what I did. I just tried to reuse as much code as I can and try to, to use the MacBook space cleverly and, and try to, to get as near as possible from the the real MacBook keyboard. It's a lot of code, but it's just a lot of code. Uh, and seeing it was not hard to to write it. It don't took too much time to to write this code. Now, I think the number one question people may be asking is, what did you use for state management? And right now, I just have one one. One option. It's the only one. I don't. I, I am too comf comfortable with it, and I don't plan to move to another one. And it's called a Riverpod. Riverpod for me is right now the the best uh, state management rounder, a rounder. And the the reason is because it uh, it works. Uh, it is it is clever enough to make everything easy to use and you don't need to write a lot of code into your flutter widgets because you can separate all those all, all that code that all the state management need you to declare into your widget tree um, outside creating providers and it has some other advantage like auto dispose and I don't know, I don't know how to explain. It just feels, feels uh, clean for me in relation to other state managements like block and get X and yeah, but Riverport has a, a downside of not being and uh, no be friendly. You need to to have some some a bit of experience with Flutter, and before you use Riverpod because it brings a lot of 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 new stuffs and uh, something that it brings is that you need to think of state management uh, in in another another way not not how the block works it have a a new way of of works with with states. So you basically need to 
to reinvent yourself to the way the reports works. So within for the MacBook uh, keyboard project, you're actually using um, Riverpod for that one. You're saying no, 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 no. There's no state not for that one. To... There's no there's state, no, no but state. there is this, there is the state of clicking on the keyboard color, right? No, 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 no. There's not. I didn't implement this this animation, but yeah, it will finally need a, a state, but. It, it is the kind of thing that actually don't need a state management. You can just use set state to do this, this animation. So you just use set state. Okay. I, I thought that's what you're using, but I just want to double check. Maybe you no, 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 no. using something else. It's not. And it would be a, a big overkill to use a state management just to, to animate a click. We okay, can okay. just transform the widget into a stateful widget and use a, a set state. Or if we don't want to use a set state, we can just use a value notifier and listen to, to the changes of the, the value notifier and rebuild what we need to rebuild inside the widget with a value, value list enable notifier or something like that. I don't, I don't remember how the, the list and widget it's called, but yeah, that's the, the best approach I would recommend for this case. But set okay. state is, is enough. Okay, this is very cool. Um, I would love to dig, I, I might just dig into this one more too, because I like the, the way everything looks. It seems very, very simple. When I first look at it, it looks complicated, but after you walked me through it, I feel, okay, actually it's not that bad. And Flutter is quite amazing what you can do with which is simple widgets, right? This one, as far as I can tell, doesn't have any custom painting at all. Yeah, there's nothing. It, I'm just using what Flutter gives to me, gave to me. There's nothing new. Yeah, definitely. But you do have some new insights, right? The idea of a negative uh, shadow spread, right? The shadow spread radius, that one is, is definitely new to me. Yeah, there's, there are some things on Flutter that you just uh, start knowing about uh, when you actually need it. Because if you never had a, a reason to use a negative uh, sweep radius, there, there's no need for you to, to know that. And since people don't use it a lot, it's hard for you to find out that it actually worked like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Uh, we may have you back on to maybe re-record this episode. I don't know. Hopefully we can get everything we need out of it. Uh, and also I think we may have you back on to talk more about your music player because that one's also super attractive, but we just don't have the time at this moment. Yep. We're well, sadly way over time. The music player is a, a good, a good project. I think we can leave it to, to a, a field, a field podcast because of the, of the time. And I will try to, to find a, a better machine, try to, to fix what, what is, is happening with my camera so we can have a, a better recording this time. And a, a project that I recommend people to also try to learn is the mouse pointer pulse. It's also a, a, a good project to, to take a look into the code, it uses uh, the Canvas API and provides a beautiful animation that uses a bit of math to
to calculate the hypotenuse and animate to the edge of the of the window from the center where the mouse is. Uh, yeah, that's it. Okay, yeah, that's what I also thought was quite attractive too. That one is nice. So that's yeah, something I'll also take a look at. Okay. Uh, this 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 idea, the idea from this project came from the Ken Academy when I were learning about the hypotenuse, how to calculate the hypotenuse. I learned that with with the with that formula, I would be able to create a cycle uh, from the position of my mouse to the most distant edge corner of the of the screen. So I decided to implement that formula to create this animation because I learned how to use it on Khan Academy. So for everyone trying to, to create great things, Khan Academy is a good place to start. Uh, how more uh, knowledge you get from there, more interesting your animations will start uh, performing. So I recommend people to start exploring and if if they uh, would be a if and if they are able to to support them go ahead and support them they deserve it i think you should be their spokesman it seems like you're really pushing them hard today <laughs> uh, i think i think when someone help us we need to support and that's what that's what i'm doing that's why i'm doing Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to to shout out to before we sign off? Um, yeah, I just recommend people to to not stop learning. And Flutter isn't nothing hard. The only thing that we need is to explore it uh, in in a good way. As I, sh I as I showed on the MacBook keyboard, I didn't make anything special the only things that i i made that i may say that may sound special for other peoples is that i use i use the the right widgets to achieve the macbook keyboard but i'm not widgets that people are not aware i just use it a container i just use it uh an animated container i just use it uh basically most of the widgets are containers columns, rows, and things that people are aware of. So you just need to think because you're not what you, what you did, you're how you think. So you, we need to, to be good on thinking. How good we think, better things we do will be. That's it. And thank you, Alan, for, for the invitation. I hope to, to get back soon with better content and with more people to, to share what I, I have to show. Definitely. I, I hope to have you back on. I'm really always impressed with all the things you're working on. So um, again, let's uh, let's hopefully have a better recording next time. Uh, no, nothing against you. Stuff happens, right? I'm just glad that we can find a time to, to connect. And looks like you got the same issue again. <laughs> Maybe just wait for you for one moment. It's okay. It's okay. It happens. 
Um, what I wanted to say is, uh, you know, it's good to have you on. And uh, again, I'm always impressed with your work and you definitely motivate me to dig more into Flutter. And now I'm going to be digging more into Khan Academy if I have, when I have the time, because it seems like I also need to pick up some more skills. So it's good to have you back. I hope to have you again uh, in the future. And uh, yeah, I'll see you again. That's it, Alan. Thank you. Thank you, Plangora, Plangora for the, the invitation here on the Fine Hide with Flutter. Next time, let's see if I can bring someone with me and have uh, uh, more people on the, the chat with us. Yeah, I would love to have a round table with some people in Africa, if we can do that. No. Uh, where to reach me on LinkedIn, Twitter, 